to our study tonight. We are in our fourth study. We've looked at the biblical worldview of uh, spiritual warfare, that there are angels and there are fallen angels and there are demons. We looked at the cosmology of that and uh, understanding where they're located and their activities. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to concentrate on the fallen angels that are in the second heavens around the earth, okay? That's our focus for tonight. We're going to take a look at their activities. You should all have uh, an outline and some notes. So let's get an idea. I've shared this with you in the past weeks. We'll remind you again where we get the concept that the fallen angels are in the second heavens around the earth and operating in that realm. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12 tells us that Daniel was praying uh, to Jehovah looking for an answer and the angel appeared and came to him and said, do not be afraid Daniel since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So as soon as Daniel prayed, how soon did God hear? Immediately. There are some folks who say that when Christians pray, the devil can interrupt those prayers, so you have to pray in tongues so the devil doesn't know what you're praying and it doesn't get to heaven. No, 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 no. God is greater than any demon and devil. The minute you pray, think of a prayer, whisper a prayer, God knows it. He knows it before you pray it. And especially in the new covenant with the Holy Spirit within you, right? Uh, God is the one who is helping intercede in your prayer. So with the, thank God for that, right? Okay, now, not that we don't believe in tongues. We do, but that's not uh, specifically because we're trying to trick the devil from understanding. All right, go on. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. That, now, who's he talking to, a guy or an angel? He's talking to an angel. An angel is talking to Daniel, and, da- and the angel's saying, the prince of Persia. Was he, and he's not talking about the actual man who was the prince. He's talking in the heavenlies. I was coming from heaven, and the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days, the prince of that Persian kingdom. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, principalities, came to help me. He's an arche, a principality, an archangel. Arche means chief angel. Michael had to come because of the resistance. God wanted this message to get through to Daniel. It was being held up by warfare in the heavenlies. This messenger was coming and was being blocked by the principality over Persia, a stronger uh, um, fallen angel. And so Michael had to come and intervene. I was detained there with the king of Persia. Soon, now he goes and finishes a few verses later, soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. So what's, he, what's his occupation? What does he do? He fights in the heavenlies. At this time, under the, the, against the regime of the ruling power of that territory, which was Persia. But he goes on to say, and when I go, the prince of Greece will come. Now what we know in secular history is that after Babylon had fallen, it had fallen to the Medo-Persian Empire. So the Persian Empire set up its ark and ruling principalities and angels over its territory to make sure that there was continuing sacrifice to idols and gods and suppressing the people. 
And so this angel comes because Daniel's praying for release. The demons do not, these angels do not want Daniel to get the message of hope from God. They don't want him to be refreshed. They don't want him to get a word from God. Thank God we have a Holy Spirit living in us that has immediate speech to us. Amen? So he's blocking it. Michael comes and says, uh, get out of the way. God's got a message to deliver through this angel. The angel goes. And then he says, okay, I'm going back. i got to do warfare again over this, this principality over Persia. And then the principality from Greece is going to come in. The angel understood that there was going to be a shift in kingdom power on the earth. The Medo-Persian Empire was falling and going to fall to the Greek Empire that was coming in. Alexander the Great was coming in. And as he was coming in, they knew that those principalities that were working in that Greek power were going to come over that territory. And the angel knew, I'm going to have to fight against that power too. All right? This is war in the heavenlies. This is the angelic realm. Now, we looked at Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, and we saw that when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when He divided mankind, He fixed the borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. Now, depending on the translation you're using, some translate it according to the sons of Israel. But, and some limit that just to simply God is saying to the tribes of Israel, these are the borders of your land that you're going to go to. Uh, But the actual language in the Hebrew is sons of God, not sons of Israel. And we know through Job and our previous studies that sons of God is a title for angels. And interestingly enough, we looked in Acts 17 and we looked at other areas that potentially this verse has a depth to it beyond just the simple border lines of the 12 tribes to the peoples of the earth and that God uh, we're looking at the mystical view of it that God had in fact separated the borders of the lands and nations and peoples according to the angelic hierarchy of divisions over those borders and lands according to the divisions of the sons of God okay And that's where we look at Daniel and see that there are principalities and rulers in this dark age that are ministering over territory and land. We could bring that into America today. Uh, What would be the reason you would think that God would establish certain angels to watch over a culture and try to suppress that culture? What would be the advantage of posting angels in that dimension? Think of it in a military concept. Yeah. To keep them there, but why why the same ones? Why not move them around? Why why keep them in place in particular nations with people? Exactly. Know the know your know your enemy, know the people that you're influencing, know their culture, know their language, keep them in check, be able to suppress them and, and know their culture. You're watching them. And you're trying to always bring in another level of oppression so you see their weakness you move in on it and so that's why they're stationed and of course we see that in the ranking of god's angels that god has that established so that he could protect us we studied that last week when we looked at the different types of angels that there are to watch over us now how many of you ever uh, heard the word conspiracy 
right? How many of you are into conspiracy theories? You ever look at some of those? YouTube some of it and, and see some of the different conspiracies. Yeah, uh, can I, that's the, the title of tonight's story uh, uh, and understanding in Scripture, conspiracies. What I want to show you tonight is that there is a conspiracy. But uh, this is a conspiracy on a global scale in the heavenlies. All right? And there is a conspirator, and that's Lucifer himself. He's got a plan. This is a conspiracy that he has established. How many of you ever heard of some of these conspiracies? Uh, sometimes it's interesting to, to, when people can't figure everything out and there's mysteries, they figure there's a conspiracy. Um, how many of you know that Elvis is still alive leave, living in Flint, Michigan? I don't think that that's a conspiracy. That's just an urban myth, isn't it? Here's a, here's a conspiracy theory. The driver shot JFK. Yeah, that, that's kind of... All right, you know, how many of you heard this? Man never landed on the moon. Right, we've heard that. That was a Hollywood stunt. Okay, yeah. All right, World War II was staged. It never really happened. The Illuminati employed elaborate special effects, stage magic, and phony journalism to scare the world into pacifism. How about that? Did you know World War II never happened? In 1939, the War of the Worlds radio broadcast was psychological warfare study by C.D. Jackson. How many of you remember War of the Worlds? You know what that radio show was? Orson Welles pretended we were being attacked by aliens. Well, that was actually a psychological study to see how people would react to alien invasion. Uh, oh, here's one. The Jesuits sank the Titanic to kill the world's richest, most powerful Jews. Yeah. Now, either they put a, a, an iceberg right in the right spot or something else. All right, the early Middle Ages, right? You know the Middle Ages. It never happened. There were no Middle Ages. You people really thought there were. There's no Middle Ages. Everything that supposedly happened during those years was a misunderstanding from a different era. Charlemagne is a fictional figure. It never happened. All right. I don't know. I just uh, um, We already have cures for cancer, but the government is running people out of the country who know that cure because they want to keep the... Uh, medical field well-funded you think so all right now these are silly aren't they there's all sorts of conspiracy theories out there and ideas and you know uh all that stuff so let's take a look at the true conspiracy that really is there uh a global conspiracy let's define conspiracy uh it's a secret plan by a group uh to do something unlawful or harmful okay now we know that there is a conspiracy by the devil to overthrow the kingdom of God and God's purposes for planet Earth. Satan is conspiring. He has since the garden to overthrow God's plan. He almost did it, uh, and God had to bring the flood. And he almost did it, and now he's still doing it, and he's been working on it with a well-thought-out plan, a prepared plan. There's a large host. One-third of the fallen angels are, are uh, moving to conspire against mankind and the purposes of God. That's a real conspiracy that's going on. 
All right? Let's take a look. 2 Corinthians 10.4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, we're in a warfare, and this kingdom is conspiring, setting up pretenses and arguments uh, against the knowledge of God. It is using weapons to blind people and to work against God's purposes. It's using, according to this verse, arguments and pretensions to set up or hold up and we're to take them captive and make them obedient unto Christ, okay? Now, what is a pretension? That's what I want to get into. It sets up, now, your verses may say arguments, reasonings, and so forth. The NIV uses the word pretension, and I like that word because it really holds close to the Greek concept of what's happening in there. And so I gave you the definition of a pretense. A pretense is a a specious allegation, a pretext, a claim of something such as a privilege or a right, an ostentatious display, pretentious, okay? Have you ever gone and have you ever had a peacock walk in front of you, a male peacock? He just begins to ostentatious, pretentious display of his magnitude. That makes him look big. See, to other animals, this little bird all of a sudden just grew four feet. It's like, whoa, and all these eyes are looking at you. That's kind of angelic, isn't it? Remember in Ezekiel when he saw the angels, they had eyes all over them? Wow, and so it grows. It's pretentious. It's, it's a highfalutin argument. It's, it sets itself up as something lofty and important that you need to know. This thing has the authority over your life. This is what's true and real. It's pretentious, and it is an argument or something set up to confound people. All right? Now, that is the work of the enemy, setting up these pretenses in man. We're going to see why. Look at Ephesians 6.12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. All right? Spiritual forces of evil. Where? In the heavenly realms. So we're focusing tonight on the warfare that's taking place in the heavenly realms around the earth. We, d- we understand that there are two warfare levels going on. The heavenlies, which are the fallen angels, and those in the earth that we're warring against, that's the demonic. Tonight we're dealing with this work of the fallen heavenly beings. What are they doing? Setting up pretensions over nations, over peoples. Another word for it would be ideologies. Get right down to it. A better word for it is lies. Lies. Because he is the what? Father of lies. We use a term now called disinformation. Right? Or we call them spin doctors. Put a spin on this thing. Tell it the way you need them to hear it. That's a pretension. A disinformation. 
It's information. I'm giving you information. It's just not the right information. And he's the original spin doctor. He's the father of all lies. It's pretentious. It's big. It's grandiose. So that he can accomplish his work uh, through the spiritual realm of spiritual forces of evil in this dark world. And here's another name for it. 1 Timothy 4.1 uh, Depart, those who depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. There are actual doctrines that are demonic. All right? There are doctrines that sound true and have some aspect of truth to them, but just enough off that they are disinformation concerning spiritual truths. They're lies. They're just enough of a spin on them that they're the doctrines of demons. All right? We have the doctrine of God. Anything that is not of the Holy Scriptures is the doctrines of demons. Okay? Now let's go on. Jesus said this about this activity. This kind of conspiratory effort by these fallen angels and this effort of lies consuming planet earth jesus put it this way take heed that no one what deceives you for many will come in my name saying i am the messiah and will deceive many for false messiahs and false prophets will arise and do what show great signs and wonders so as to do what deceive if possible even the elect these are going to be signs and wonders that are going to blow your mind. They're going to be so spectacular. It's not going to be sleight of hand and poofs of smoke. This stuff's going to be awesome to where even we who know God, know His voice, know the Holy Spirit, are going to be confused by it. And really have to consider, whoa, did you just see what happened? That guy raised someone from the dead. Yeah, but it's not in Christ's name. I know, but who can do that but someone with the power? Now hold on, now don't get deceived over this. What do we have to hold to? The truth, our doctrine, right? Deception is going to manifest against the Word of God. The only aid you have against deception is truth. That's the Word of God. Don't think that anybody that does miracles is anointed of God. They must be God's people because there's some kind of power there. No, 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 no. That's where the deception comes in. Because demons can move invisibly in this realm to where we think people have power. Some man could come here who's in alignment with, with the, the powers of darkness and be so involved in the occult that he might prove some kind of power and say, Brian, I command you back to the row. And all of a sudden, Brian levitates. He's carried through the air to the back row. And we go, oh, did you see that power? Must be God. This guy's anointed. I want to hear what this guy's got to say. He's got that power. And what's happening behind the scenes is fallen angels come, they pick up Brian, they take him in the back row, and they plop him down. That's the mechanics. All this is going to have mechanics behind it. We just can't see it. Don't be deceived. 
Look at if an angel could roll a stone, a two-ton stone, away from the front entrance of Jesus' tomb, angels can lift up things, move things, and affect things in the physical realm. Right? So just because you're going to see signs and wonders, things coming from the atmosphere to planet Earth that move despite gravitational pull and the speed of light, they'll be moving like you couldn't believe it. Fallen angels can do that, but it may be in the shape of some other form. See what I'm saying? And what does Jesus warn us about? Deception, deception, deception. And be careful of deception, Paul says, because it's the doctrine deceiving spirits, the doctrine of demons. So what you must know is the Word of God. We must know what is true in Scripture. Amen? We're Pentecostal people. We believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. We're, we believe that as signs and wonders of the enemy are going to increase, the signs and wonders of God's people are going to increase by the anointing of His Spirit. But as Pentecostals, don't, don't neglect knowing the Word of God because it is the truth that's going to keep you from deception. Amen? All right. Revelation 12, 9, the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Okay? All right, so there is a conspiracy going on. We're in the middle of a conspiracy. It's happening every day, round about us, in all the governments of the earth. Activity going on all the time. A conspiracy. What's the end uh, End plan for this conspiracy to gather mankind in such a rally against israel and eventually against god himself and against jesus christ to come against christians and to literally fight against jesus christ now jesus knows this and jesus is letting them do what they need to do so that he could set the stage basically what he's doing is allowing all of this to happen so that these folks are the roadies to his uh, entrance. You know what a roadie is? He's the guy that sets up the stage. Jesus says, okay, come on, set the stage. And he says, we're going to have all this happen so that everybody focuses in on Israel and everybody comes over to the valley of Megiddo and the army, armies meet and he's having them all set up so that he could meet them in one place. It's just real simple. So that he can get there. Yeah, you got to get a different perspective on this. You got to see it from God's point of view. He's not worried about a thing. He's just gather your forces. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right? And while, he, while that's happening, he wants his people to be busy reaching the lost. So there are three ways that the enemy is working on this conspiracy to bring their uh, efforts and forces and powers. These things are, are powers and authorities and rulers. Uh, of a dark and evil kingdom right they got power they've got power you got to understand this and they're working powerfully to do this and there's three areas in which they're working so the first one we'll start with so that you understand it are pretenses ideologies or lies prince of the power of the air he's trying to bring lies to keep people in bondage and to keep them blind what does Paul say? They are blind by the God of this age from what? Anybody know the verse? The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? That's what he's doing. Blinding men's eyes. 
from the light of the glorious gospel. How's he do it? Ideologies. Let's look at some of them. They've been around since the beginning of time. I'll give you some modern ones. Fascism. There's an ideology. It was a terror ideology. Can you name some fascists? Anybody? Mussolini? Hitler? Right? Uh, we know that there, there, there's uh, uh, all sorts of rulers in the earth since the beginning of time that have been cruel and uh, wreaking havoc through their ideologies. Uh, anarchism? Communism? Right? Socialism? Capitalism? Capitalism that is not biblical can run amok as well, can it? Any ism is an ideology in the hands of sinful, sinful people can do great damage. And though even America was a capitalistic country, it has done great evils in the name of capitalism. Right? Okay? Just like there are religious people who do things in the name of Jesus that are contrary to the doctrines of Christ. Right? I mean, the Crusaders had a function and had a purpose of something to do, but many of them went on the Crusades with wrong motivation and did quite evil things contrary to the gospel of Jesus. All right? The difference is that gospel condemns those actions and doesn't approve of them. Even Christ would not approve of what Christians do sometimes. Would you agree to that? Okay. So there are ideologies and uh, humanism and pretensions. How about putting out information and in these ideologies? The typical format was books. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book uh, The Prince by Machiavelli. All right? And uh, Machiavelli wrote a book on how to be a good prince and how to subvert authority, how to make your, your slaves respond to you and vassals work properly as a prince. It was like a rule book on how to be a real scoundrel. And it helped frame many of the kings of Europe and how they would run their city-states. The Communist Manifesto, written by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels, all right? Did that have any power to it, the Communist Manifesto? Did it have any, any weight to it? Did it change, make any dynamic in the earth? It sure did. Do you know how many people died because of this book? Right? Do you know how many people Stalin and Mao killed in the name of communism? Hmm? Outrageous numbers in the millions because of an ideology and a book. All right? Mein Kampf written by Hitler while he was in prison. How about this, on the origin of species? Have any influence? Any power? Did it have any impact on civilization and the world? Most certainly. Is it being used as, as an end-time conspiracy to have man revolt against God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh, an idea. How about that? An idea has power? Oh, yeah. And again, we go right back to the father of what? Lies. Look at, we're in this mess because of misinformation and a lie. That's the power of thought, free thinking, the power of an ideology. So, this is powerful. This is powerful. That's why the truth must be spoken. If we do not speak, 
all other speech is heard. All ideas, ideologies, lies, and falsehoods. If no one will speak truth, then the air remains filled with every lie. We must speak the truth, brothers and sisters. I don't think we realize, any of us truly realize, the oppression that we as the people of God have been under to keep our mouths shut. We really don't, do we? We have been oppressed and conformed to shut up and behave. Now, let's go on. I threw this one in there. It's not a book, but she's written enough articles. Margaret Sanger. Anybody know who Margaret Sanger is? Right? Founder of what? Planned Parenthood. Nice lady. The, the United States gives her all sorts of awards and accolades. She's an amazing lady. She cares for people. It's just that you have to read what she wrote. All right? She was part of a movement called eugenics. Do you know what eugenics is? It's the effort of genocide to get rid of particular races. And Margaret Sanger was focused in on anybody who wasn't what? White. And there's an interesting history concerning eugenics or forced and forced sterilization. Do you know that forced sterilization was in the United States into the 50s? Because we have to make sure certain races don't procreate. There's a, this is a conspiracy, folks. You've got to look at it. Can I tell you where most Planned Parenthood uh, facilities are located? Anybody? Inner cities. Hmm. Why would that be? I wonder. Right? This stuff's going on right now. There's a conspiracy going on right now. It's still going. Do you know what we don't hear about as well? We're not even in tune with this. This is the biggest problem right now. Human slavery. Oh no, we're fine. We're, we've liberated slavery. There are more slaves in the world today than ever in the history of the world. Human trafficking. Why is there human trafficking? Anybody know? Sex trade and what else? Human organs. Yeah. It's very valuable and very lucrative business to steal people and take their body parts as well as sex trades. There's something going on. The destruction of mankind, the destruction of human life, and it's a conspiracy. And there's someone behind it. Someone whose desire is to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. People, cultures, races, men, women, children. All right? So, let's go on. All of that through, how's he getting it done? Ideologies. Pretensions that set themselves up. We fall for ideas. We fight wars over ideas. Come on, are you, can you, are you getting this yet? Are you catching on to this? And there's only one group of people that hold the oracles of God or what is the truth. They are the church. I think it needs to be a little, spoken a little bit louder. And more powerful, amen? Now, 
the doctrines of demons. Let's go a little further. Let's look at what these doctrines of demons are. Okay, Some of the doctrines of demons take the form of spiritual books too. Help people get into a spiritual realm. All right, there's the Quran. All right, Quran written in, in the 600s. 600 years after the New Testament that takes the combination of Old Testament and New Testament concepts as well as tribal ideas from Muhammad and, and developed into a book called the Quran. Uh, another book is the Book of Mormon. Joseph Smith was led by uh, the angel Moroni to golden tablets and he was given special spectacles by which he could translate these tablets and the white salamander had led him to them and he's got the book of mormon and the pearl of great price and there are mormons around the world into the millions that follow an ideology of a doctrine of demons there's jehovah's witnesses who take the concepts of scripture and distort and twist them right doctrines of demons so that they speak of another jesus buddhism Atheism is on the rise right now, very popular, doctrine of demons, humanism, cults, we hear of cults all the time, different groups, ideologies, following after charismatic leaders, and so forth. You should never follow after a man, never follow after a man, you follow the word of God. Amen? Now, these are the principalities and the powers of the air. So how do you distribute, now let's think about this for a minute, how do you distribute ideas? Well, we said books. Ah, we're in a modern era now, right? Uh, It's springtime, good weather out. Uh, Make sure you take a walk, all right, around your neighborhood. And guess what you will see glowing in every living room as you go for your nice walk and look at the stars and marvel at the wonder of God. Where are you going to find most of the population? sitting in front of a TV that is spilling ideology and teaching and orchestrating children through their games and through the shows what to do. Now, some of this stuff isn't wrong. I mean, come on, watching a cooking show, what do you want me for that, Pastor? No, it's not wrong. But can I tell you something? Sitting in front of a TV, wasting so many hours when there is a world going to hell and dying, What do you expect, me on the street 24-7? No, but a little bit more time away from the TV. Amen? Couldn't we all do with that? Couldn't we? Come on now. Let's confess. Couldn't we? Yeah. We could do that. Now, it's not just TV stories and the ideology. See, here's the thing, the beauty, the the cleverness is, uh, uh, again, uh, who's done it so well is the, the homosexual agenda. Here's an ideology coming in. I'm telling you, every sitcom has someone gay on it. Every show, right? You're watching real estate shows, and they all focus on gay couples buying houses. You focus on DIY places. They want to rebuild a backyard, and who do we have? Gay couples. It's like, what is this? 75% of the population is gay. But as long as we can like them, and they're nice people, Why should we be against them? And that, again, is the ideology. Of course, they're nice people. They're really good people. But we're talking about the difference in an understanding of the Word of God as our rule and doctrine. Now, let's go on. Look at the Internet. That is crazy with influence and activity. Do you know how many people are addicted to pornography? The addiction to pornography is out of the roof. All right, now this is fallen spirits who know exactly how to addict people. (laughs) 
the male population, I, I, I'm, I would have to say about 75%. Uh, now, that's, I, I have no proof for that number, but I've got to say like 75% of the male population is addicted to porn in some, in some fashion, in some mode. Why? Because we were built so that when we see something, we get a rush of endorphin and testosterone, and it's, it's titillating. It's wild. Okay? And that's very addictive. And it doesn't hurt anybody. And so we've got people just addicted to things. And again, that, that's fine. The devil's fine with that because if I can get you to look at that, even, and it's in the church too, if I can get you Christian men, Christian women, if I can get you to look at that uh, and you resist it and you don't want it, I, I don't care. I don't care how you feel about it. Just if I can get you to look at it because then the next day you'll feel so unworthy and so lousy that you think God can't use you. That's, uh, that's, the, that's all I need from you. Just take you out. Right? This, this activity is going on in the heavenlies, in the airwaves. Let's talk about music. Uh, this is an old quote from Jimi Hendrix. I remembered it from, I don't know how many years ago, and I looked it up. When you get people at their weakest point, you can preach into the subconscious what we want to say. All right? There's a lot of messages in music today. Again, we're back to the sex again, right? We're back to sex in music and the content and and. Uh, it's pretty crazy stuff, right? All right, now, here's the key. Let's have a strategy to this. All this activity going on in the airwaves, these fallen spirits are moving. They're taking all these ideologies and lies, swirling them up, making cocktails of lies for everybody. What's your taste? What's your flavor? Not into politics? Here, have some sex. What's your flavor? Oh, you like communism? You hate this country? Here, have that. What's your take on it? Oh, yeah, okay, here's a story. You'll get caught up in it, right? Mixing cocktails for everyone to just drink and get persuaded on. Now, who, if we could change the world, who do we go after first? The young people. The young people. Because they're right on the edge of being the next leaders and their thinking begins to kick in at age 20 and so their ability for abstract, abstract thought and concepts kicks in at about age 20. The devil's been watching us for how many years to know this? And uh, probably one of the best psychologists there is. And so they begin to influence kids. Vladimir Lenin, right? You know Lenin. Uh, communism. Just give me one generation of youth and I'll transform the whole world. He did a pretty good job in Russia. And that ideology went to China. And that ideology went to Germany. That ideology went to Cuba. Right? It went to all the communist countries. Give me the youth and Germany will rule the world, Adolf Hitler. There's a concept here if you get the youth. Do you know the majority of people that come to Christ Come before age 17. Can I say something as your pastor? Okay. If it, we need to put a strong emphasis on our children and on our youth in that youth building. Amen? We have our youth band come and play. We have young people come and lead worship and, and get involved. And some of older folks, it's a little loud. Some of the older folks, it's not what I remember in songs and you complain. Can I tell you something? If we don't pass this faith on to the youth, you're not going to have a building to stay in. Right? And we see that in many denominational churches. They die with their generation. And what is the command of God throughout the Old Testament? 
Teach this to your children. Remind your children. Because why? The enemy is after them, ruthlessly going after them. All right? All right. Now, that's one of the aspects of these fallen angels around the earth. Like, that's not enough. All right? But again, what do we have? Paul says we have power to demolish and take down strongholds. Your prayers, your calling out the authority of God can literally tear down the enemy. How many of you ever watched, uh, 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 what's that show, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? You see them ugly orc things they made out of the ground, right? There's millions of them, right? I get scared. I watch that thing. I know how it ends every time. But I watch it and I go, this is scary, all these orcs and these, uh, they look ugly, they're hideous, right? Right? But in the battle, they're not that good at fighting. They're strong. They got power. But I like that little, what is he, a little troll guy? What is he? Dwarf, yeah. Right? With the red hair. And he's, oh, give me one. I'll get him her. Right? He's got an axe. They're not afraid. Why? They know their power. They know fighting techniques. They can take out orcs all day long. With our power, greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world, these demonic forces. We got to understand, we can take them out. But we got to get busy doing it. Amen? Come on. All right. Now, secondly, here's the second effort occult practices. You got to remember, this is a physical realm. And since it's a physical realm, who has dominion in the physical realm? Man. Mankind. Man was given dominion over all the works of God's hand. Man has authority over all the physical world. These spirits, how can they motivate? How can they move? See, they can't make people do anything. So what do they do? Give them ideas. That's all they can do. Unless they're invited in. Now, if they get an invitation, they have the right to come in. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so on the major populace who is not inviting them in, all they can do is give ideas, give ideas, and corrupt them through their thinking, okay? And lead them that way. But there's a second practice. Every now and then you can get a group of people to invite them in. Come on in. And that's through the occult practices. It opens the doors to the spirit realm and that level and says, come on in. And that invitation allows these fallen angels to come in and operate through these occult people. Let's read Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 and 11. Everybody with me? We're good? You still caught up with me? All right, we're good. Deuteronomy 18, 10 and 11. Here we go. God's command to Israel. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is an abomination or detestable to the Lord. Now, why did God say that to Israel? Let's get some ideas going here. Anybody? Speak up. 
Yeah, good. Judy said they were being influenced. The, you said it was going on at the time. Exactly. I love the simplicity of that answer. When God makes a command, we, for some reason we tend to forget this. When God makes a command, it's because it was going on. <laughs> right? So this activity was going on all, all around him. Didn't he say to utterly destroy the Canaanites? Why? Because this kind of practice was going on. Destroy the Amorites, every civilization, because they were in occult practices. And what does occult practice bring? The spirits down into the activity of mankind. And they worship false gods. People are corrupt in their thinking and they end up killing their children and they're doing all sorts of bad things. And uh, God wanted Israel pure. You're my children. I'm your God. You cannot do any of this stuff that's involving the false religions and doctrines of demons. But even more important, that stuff opens the portals of the spirit realm for the fallen angels to come in. I put Michael over you. I put archangels over you. I put Gabriel over you. I got people, angels guarding you. I'll go with you. But if you start opening portals, you'll invite others in. Right? And guess what they did? They invited others in. Now, in these two verses, 10 and 11, it lists nine occult practices that invite the fallen spirits into the earth realm. Number one, human sacrifice. All right, the enemy's always loved human sacrifice. Uh, today, it's a legal right. We can take the baby that's in your womb and suck it out with a vacuum or put salt or saline solution to burn it to death, or we can simply pull its head off and cut the spinal cord to kill it and then take the body parts out. That's legal and allowed. We call that abortion and of course it's your right something wrong with that right there's an ideology and an idea and a pretension that exalts itself as woman's rights right is that crazy or what and the world's in a delusion for this all right and then we backed that up again and we said okay now where's that happening most we talked about it earlier Inner city, yeah, we, let's cut that population down. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Now, God says no human sacrifice. Why? Because when you spill innocent blood, you have cursed the land. So what people do, what we don't even understand, is the ground of America has become so cursed because of innocent blood that has spilled daily in the millions since Roe v. Wade. And so by bringing a curse on the land, what does that enable and allow? Come on down. You know, I, I think it very well could be. The question was, is, is uh, euthanasia assisted suicide uh, part of shedding innocent blood. And I think it very well could be. You know? <laughs> All right, let's go on. Divination, what does that mean? That's at the heart of the occult. That's manipulation from demonic sources. Uh, a divination is calling on fallen spirits to come forth. That's just, that's like a, a, a direct invitation. Come on down. 
All right? You don't want to be with folks like that. But we've got storefronts right here up on Gratiot and Utica. We've got, uh, we've got palm readers. We've got different places all over. You can invite them to your parties at your birthday party or your office party. Come have some psychics. Come have people and do some divination and, and do some witchcraft and bring tarot cards and, and invite evil spirits in. It's a lot of fun. Right? Is this crazy? All right, let's go on. Astrology? All right, what sign are you? I'm a Pisces. And, 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 and check, check in the newspaper today what your sign is. Astr- right? Astrology. It is one of the most ancient occult practices there ever were. It's definitely dealing with the second heavens, and it's matching your life in accordance to a particular demonic activity and sign in the sky. Is that crazy or what? All right, let's go on. Encanters, someone who satanically endowed to produce spells. Witches, white witches. Uh, uh, and I'm not talking about skin color. When I say white witches, those who are good witches. Okay, Wicca. Wicca is into nature and into all sorts of things. And so, look, I know you can't get a man. Come on, I'll cast a spell. We'll do this. Men, you need a woman. Let's cast a spell. Uh, And uh, it it will hopefully send out spirits that will seduce a woman to you and bring her right to you. Huh? That's not bad. It's all over the internet. Let's get it. Witchcraft and witches. There are many. This is growing wildly. A lot of witches are dancing in the moonlight. It's modern, organized counterpart, Wicca. All right. How many of you have run into Wiccans? Anybody know some Wiccans? Right. Lift your hands up high, please. Who knows a Wiccan? All right. See, some of you thought, no, witchcraft. Are you kidding me? That's, I'm not talking about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. These people are real. A charmer, one who manipulates objects and beings via demonic power. I think some of these magicians that are out nowadays... You see some of these guys? All right? Uh, uh, I mean, they're not like the old guy, I'll pull a rabbit out of my hat. These guys are kind of spooky looking. And they're doing things where everybody's going like, oh, freaking out. Something's moving. Something's happening. Right? I think it's more than sleight of hand. So we've got to watch and be careful with that. Charmers. Consulter with familiar spirits. One who gleans knowledge from the demonic contact. How many of you know cultures that have been involved in this and they don't even realize it all right any italians here italians right how many how about yeah some english folks reading tea leaves my grandma used to try and read her tea leaves but come on grandma it's tea she couldn't she was just always pretending but there are palm reading exactly palm reading uh anybody a part of a culture that had some kind of reading and information how about you Yeah, see, it's ingrained in a lot of different cultures. And, and with cultures come particular spirits that pass this stuff on and work it on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, okay, with Italians, there's a lot of times different spells and different things that you do as good luck or bad luck, and sometimes there's spells with that, okay? 
and, and different curses and things you say to people. Okay, Can I, does anybody witness to that? Anybody familiar with that? Anybody know some of that? No? Yeah. Yeah. Th- these would be forms of cursings, yes. Yes, different kind of spitting and cursing and pronouncing. Um, Judaism has a real occult side to it, okay? Because they, they, they're kind of lost uh, and not kind of, they're lost. <laughs> they don't know Christ. But I mean, they knew the Old Testament, but many of them move towards the occult because they don't know. Yeah, why, did I get there yet? Oh, familiar spirits. Okay. Yeah, we've got to be careful because we are not to have any communication with the dead. Now, the communion of saints tells us one thing about believers who have gone before us. Are they dead? They're not dead. They're not dead. They're alive with Jesus. But there is only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So we would say, scripturally, you should not be praying to saints. We pray to Jesus himself, the King of kings, Lord of lords. What do I need to talk to Mary for? or someone else. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who played with the Ouija board here? Crazy stories with Ouija boards. That is exactly what we're talking about. Now, how many of you watch, see what's out in the movies? Movies filled with occult stuff? Crazy, right? And Ouija boards, Ouija means yes, yes. Music videos. Yeah, now there's this big move and this big craze that the Illuminati's involved in sports and in music industry and everything else. So let's go to that. Uh, Wizards, practicing uh, magical arts, necromancers, those who claim to be in contact with the dead, Okay, all that activity. And then, what about the Illuminati as far as occult practices? That's a big conspiracy thing. Is there an Illuminati or not? I'll leave that up to you. But fallen angels have a hierarchy of power and authority. Do you think they would also go after and set up and establish a human hierarchy of power and authority? It's just the nature of how you set things up in organizations. So if you can get those who will operate with the demonic realm and the fallen angel realm as men, then you give them power, you give them authority, they reach other people, and they get then revelation from the spirit realm as to how to plan out this activity with the fallen angels. And so you have the occult world and the Illuminati. The Illuminati is based on Luciferian ideology. Is there a name there that sounds familiar to you? Lucifer, right? Now, let's also go into the Luciferian ideology, and you got a guy like Pyle who was one of the heads of the Masonic Rite. And so then you have Masonic uh, uh, Shrine, Masonic Lodge in that realm 
of Luciferan ideology. Many of folks who belong to the Shriners are just a bunch of good old boys who like to get together and, and uh, help people, and they don't realize the Luciferian connection in the higher degrees of that lodge. But yet they take secret oaths, and they do all sorts of occult activities. Yeah. Yeah, worshipful master. Yeah, as, as a Christian, I got a problem with that. Yes, sir. Very good. The force be with you. It's an ideology of a concept that takes the power of the Holy Spirit and takes the personality out of it so that now this power is available for all humans to participate in. The force be with you. So it's an occult ideology that, that there's this force out there that if we could all tap into it, but who is that force that we, they would be tapping into if it's not the Holy Spirit? Satan. Satan. Yeah, that's the ladies. Yeah. Yeah, and the, North, and the eastern star is Veshtar, which is, you know, uh, again, uh, a god, a false god. Let's go on. I've got a lot to cover. All right? I think we could all tell stories. But the Illuminati basically says that they planned to have three world wars. They effectively developed World War I to break down the Tsarist power of Russia and establish communism, which then infiltrated the world. Then they, they supposedly, with the national bankers, international bankers, economy, finance, world powers, developed a second world war, propping up Hitler. And what was the uh, reason uh, that was behind the second world war? To kill the Jews, God's people. This is, second world war was like a vision of the, of the tribulation to come with Hitler as the Antichrist. But what it did was it forced Israel out of Germany and it forced into then the birth of them going back to their nation and Zionism building up a nation of Israel and establishing a war between Israel and Islam. And we are in the, still in the effects of that which is leading to what the Illuminati is preparing for a third world war which will uh, involve a, a one world order. Okay, and so that's just that, again, that whole conspiracy moving, right? But that conspiracy isn't just Masons, it's not just Illuminati, it's not just bankers, it's not just whoever killed JFK, it's not, no, 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 it's in the heavenlies, ordered by the fallen angels and Lucifer himself. That's the conspiracy. He'll use any pawn he can. All right, let's go to the third area of the portals that are going to become more and more important in these last days. Now, we have fallen spirits who are spreading ideas because they can't definitely move people to do things, but they can give the ideas to make people do them. And then they have the ability to enter in through the invitations of the occult. But then there's coming a time when these fallen spirits are going to literally begin to invade planet Earth. All right? And that's through UFOs and aliens. We are seeing more and more activity of this. 
And if you look, let me read some of these quotes to you, okay? If you'll look and understand all this, uh, when people first started hearing about aliens and UFOs, it's like, oh, you're crazy, this and that. And most everybody in the population believes that there's other aliens and, 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 and UFOs, and it's almost a natural occurrence. Has anybody watched on, on YouTube the occurrences in 2012 of UFOs? Whoa, is that crazy? See that thing land in Israel? I mean, we're talking filming here. This is not fake stuff. There is stuff happening in the skies. There's things moving and everybody's seeing them everywhere. What's going on? Well, it's, it's, we understand it. What's interesting is that with UFO sightings and alien activities, typically around the locations that's happening is occult activity. And what does the occult invite? Demonic, fallen spirits. So we know that, I'll give you some quotes here, we know that this whole UFO phenomenon, all this alien activity, is none other than the, the demonic, the fallen spirits that are in the heavenlies that are now literally going to be invading planet Earth. All right? Listen to this, Dr. Pierre Garon, an eminent scientist associated with the French National Council for Scientific Research. Hey, wasn't that the guy who was in... Uh, What's that? Close Encounters? Wasn't that the French guy? Guillaume? I thought it was. All right, UFO behavior is more akin to magic than to physics as we know it. The modern UFO knots and the demons of past days are probably identical. This is a secular man. What is quite certain is that the phenomena is active here on our planet and active here as master. John Keel, one of the foremost, uh, most informed persons in UFOs and uh, an author of these books, the manifestations and occurrences described in the imposing literature on demonology are similar, if not entirely identical, to the UFO phenomenon itself. The UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomenon. These are secular people. Ivan McKay, if one sets the three occult groups against the three classifications of UFO entities and their characteristics, it's rather surprising how complementary to each other they appear to be, not only through their appearance, activities, and level of behavior, but also in the quality of mental and especially emotional reaction and response that has been noted to have occurred on contact. We have a lot of stories and testimonies of those who have had situations and encounters with aliens and UFO and have called on the name of Jesus and those things flee. Trevor James, veteran UFO researcher, a working knowledge of occult science is indispensable to UFO investigation. Sociologists Stupel and McNeese, studies of flying saucer cults repeatedly show that they are part of a larger occult social world. These are the leading scientists on UFOs and aliens. They're saying the same thing in harmony, that all that activity is no different from when we read in the Bible and understand the Old Testament of demons and spirit activity. And So in these last days, what would be an amazing sign and wonder that would absolutely delude the whole world? An alien invasion. We're primed for it. We're all ready for it. We have images of them. People have them on their dashboards and little posters, and kids have them all over their rooms. All these beasts, and they're playing games with them. 
And they've got good ones and bad ones. We've done alien autopsies, right? Haven't we? (laughs) We have all these ideas and all this stuff. I mean, it is so in our psyche. It has been implanted in such a way so carefully, so slowly, and so methodically. And now it's ramping up. It's ramping up. And most all of it is, well, it's all demonic activity fallen angels spirits that are doing this let me close with this first and then we'll take questions and discussion what do we do pastor what do we do it said i gave you three areas where the angels around the earth in the second heavens are active one ideologies pretensions ideas 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 to get people to do this work in the earth because they can't do it we have to do it ourselves so they give us the ideas to do it right the second one is the invitation through the occult people who are connected to them invite them in and cast spells and command things in hey look at man we're the folks who have authority to command the kingdom of god and then the third level is literally the beginning of an invasion from those fallen angels it's going to be as it was in the days of noah And what did we talk about earlier that was happening in the days of Noah? Alien invasions. These spirits coming down. That's what Jesus is talking about. When He says there will be marrying and giving in marriage, oh, now there's a sign for you. Must be the end times. People are getting married. (laughs) What did He mean by that? There is a union taking place that is happening between these realms, as in the days of Noah. I think you have to relook at how you would translate the word marriage there and understand the union that's taking place between these dimensions. And that's going on. Because there's really nothing unusual about marriage. It's, this, it's the spirit and physical realm that's beginning to get infiltrated. What are we to do, Pastor? This is crazy. You're driving me nuts. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Because what the Word of God says at the beginning when He talks about our power to demolish the enemy, He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in His power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take your stand. Stand. Get armored up. Now, we'll be doing a study all on that. We're going to learn how to do warfare. I'll teach you what that armor of God is and how to take your stand and how to fight against this stuff. But let's take it in reverse. If the enemy is bringing ideas to people, what do we have to demolish every argument? The truth, the Word of God. Speak it! Somebody, speak the Word of God when you're in Myers. Talk to people. Don't be shy with the Word of God. They're not shy with their porn. They're not shy with their swearing up a storm. They're not shy with their opinions on, on the president. They're not shy with their ideas of this or that. What in the world are we shy for the one who loves us? Amen? All right, so they got ideologies. We've got ideologies that take their thoughts captive. Right? Then you have occult practices. Those people connected to these demonic spirits. I don't care. I'm connected to the God of this universe. In fact, God dwells in me. 
I'm an ambassador that speaks the authority of God and the will of the kingdom in the earth. When the ecclesia, the called out, the church comes together and we have prayed and we have worshipped and we have learned and we begin to declare the word of God, the heavens should shake around Roseville and East Point and Warren. Amen? And last of all, yeah, amen. Last of all, an invasion of aliens and UFOs. God wants to invade this planet by the outpouring of His Holy Spirit to bring revival like never before. Like never before. Physically, tangibly, people being slain in the Spirit in the streets. Uh, God bringing healing and miracles into our community in such an invasion that the people of God bring forth the power of God to change and save people's lives. Take your stand. Amen? Amen. Amen. I close with this. This is how he is able to disarm the church. Materialism over mission. Pleasure over prayer. And division over dedication. That's the state of the church. Pleasure-seeking, materially-minded, divided people. When what we are to be is missions, prayer warriors dedicated to the kingdom of God. I believe that's what we're becoming. Like never before. The church is awakening to this. They're saying, you know what? I'm tired of stuff. It's just more to take care of. Tired of it. I don't need this. The economy's helped us with that decision as well. Instead of being distracted, I want to be in prayer. This pleasure that I've been seeking wanes. It leaves me. I need something rich and long-lasting. And last of all, I want to be devoted to God, not distracted. I'm tired of being distracted. Lost and dizzy and confused. I'm devoted to one thing, God. Amen? For everybody on the tape, could you say a really loud amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Little discussion, any questions?